Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Carlos and Brother Brian from Pro Ecclesia Sancta in the studio with us to talk about how they ended up here in South Dakota, in freezing cold South Dakota, (laughs) and what they're doing here, and, um, well, just what their lives have been like since they've been here and how they became priests and brother and what the future holds and all that kind of good stuff. And Dr. Bergwald is looking at me like, are you done yet? <laughs> that was the longest run-on sentence I've ever heard out of your mouth. Didn't, didn't know there how to wrap that up. There was and, a couple comments. And, 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 comma, and, and. Okay, so we're here with Dr. Bergwald to get some biblical bites with Dr. B on what is so far the coldest day of the year. As we're recording, it's true. Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas, Renee. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes. We only have a few days, uh, a day or two left of Christmas season. How much time do we, because what is today, Renee, as people are listening to this, perhaps, unless they're listening early, well, when they're listening, when they should be. some day of Christmas. <laughs> some some day number of day of Christmas. Christmas. Day of Christmas. Well, well done there. I don't know what Bill? number, though. Bill? It's the official day of Epiphany, and it's also my <sighs> anniversary. Yes, but that's Happy when we're recording. Happy anniversary, Susan. Oh. Wait, wait, you said today. Not today, like recording today. Is, today. today is wait, John wait. the Baptist Day. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to start over pretty soon if we can't get this okay. together. I got to move with <laughs> yes. It's the baptism of the Lord. Oh, oh yeah, Sunday. Baptism. I'm thinking today. Yeah, I, uh, I know. We always uh, do this for the Sunday. <laughs> sorry, folks. It's New Year. <laughs> We'll we'll get it. I promise. Okay. Uh, so baptism. It's the last day of the Christmas season. Yes. Tomorrow, therefore, is first day of ordinary time. Second yeah. day, first day of ordinary first time. First day, first day. It's interesting. So it's Monday of the first week of ordinary yeah. time. Um. So next Sunday will be. It's actually the second Sunday of ordinary time. Which is weird. There is no first Sunday of right. ordinary time. It really messes with it's you. It's really messy. <laughs> so baptism of the Lord, last day of the Christmas season. Uh, last year we talked about. Um, the gospel this year i want to talk about the second reading which is from acts of the apostles so folks if you haven't had a chance i don't want to read the whole thing but it's uh peter this is how it starts peter proceeded to speak to those gathered in the house of cornelius so acts chapter 10 verses 34 through 38 is the second reading cornelius um well, Peter's giving this homily, and then it ends with Cornelius's baptism. So, Renee, do you have any idea what's the big deal about what we read about? In- so you're going to ask me who Cornelius is, and I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Renee Kranz. Well, right as I sit here, I don't know. Bill's laughing like I should know. It's another talking donkey. I don't like did you guys look that up ever, by the way? Yeah, and you yes. were wrong on the number. You were wrong. It was like 24. You were wrong. I, I was within a couple of chapters. Sure. 24 is where the prophecy of the star comes. Which I think it's 22 point. where the donkey starts. 22 is donkey. where the donkey starts chatting. Anyway. <laughs> Being moved along by Bill, um, Cornelius is a, a Roman centurion. Okay. So? So he shouldn't be having anything to do with Jesus or Paul or anybody. So, so, all right. With all that, blah, 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 leading up, this is, this is a big, big deal. Yeah. Yeah, He's a Roman. Um, He's a pagan. He's a, he's a God fearing pagan, but he's a pagan nonetheless. So God fearing. So he would, he would attend synagogue. He would probably tithe. Uh, He would do everything up until the reason he, he had not become Jewish because, because to become Jewish, you have to get circumcised. And apparently he wasn't up for that. As an adult, that seems like a bad thing right. to do. <laughs> well, so, so he had not, but, but, so he was God fear, but he was not part of the people of God. He was not a member of the covenant. 
But now this is the moment where that all changes and with, and and it's all being directed by God. Cornelius had been told by an angel, send this guy down to Joppa. You'll find this guy. That's Peter. Peter has this vision um, that there's no unclean animals. So it's the opening of the covenant that God had established with his people to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So the fo- our focus, understandably, with especially the gospel, is Jesus' baptism. But we have to recognize here what this means for all of us, that yeah. not just the Jewish people, but the Gentiles as well now are invited into the family of God. That's pretty huge for all of us. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really big. So yeah. we'll talk more about this later, but that's the big thing I want to point out today. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today, I have Father Carlos Farfan and Brother Brian Esquivius. Hopefully I said that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are from Pro Ecclesia Sancta. Uh, they are new to our diocese. Been here since summer, right? Four Both months. Of you? Four months. On December 11th, we will... Four months. Four months. Okay. It seems longer than that. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. <laughs> we must be keeping you busy then. All right. So we wanted to bring them in. Um, we had a chance to meet uh, two of the PES sisters, mm-hmm. and we wanted to bring you guys in so we could get to know you as well. So thanks for being here with me, you guys. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, some people probably saw the um, our show with the PES sisters, but if they didn't, can you, Father Carlos, would you mind telling us a little bit about Pro Ecclesia Sancta so that for those who missed that one, they, they know what we're talking about here? Mm-hmm. Yep. We are a religious community born in Peru in 1992, mm-hmm. founded by Father Pablo Menor, a Jesuit priest that came from Spain mm-hmm. in 1931. Okay. No, since that, wow, he was able to follow God's will and to get together a group of, of people Committed with uh, the ideal that he had in mind, in his heart, the ideal to be holy. Mm-hmm. From that comes even the, the name that we have, Pro Ecclesia Santa, for the Holy Church. Right, yeah? right. And since that, we are spreading, you know, promoting and living that that charism, that vocation to holiness in the church and in the world. Okay, so what is the charism of, of the order? I know you just mentioned it, but I want to make mm-hmm. sure that everybody heard that. Yeah, again, to live and promote the vocation to holiness in the church. Okay, and that's for all vocations, not all priests, vocations, not, yeah. but for married vocations, uh, priests, religious sisters, all of that. For everybody according yes. to God's will. Yes, yeah. yes, so we can all be holy and get to heaven, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and even we say that Father Menor was a visionary because years before the Vatican II, he had that call, that vision in his heart, uh, wanted to, I mean, to spread that ideal in the world, mm-hmm. that even he was moved by the Holy Spirit to form a new blossom, you know, from the Jesuits. Right. Which is almost impossible. Right. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. after years of discernment, a lot of prayers, he got the approval from the general superior of the Jesuits in the world. You no, know, at that time, Father Kolbenbach, I, I think, um, he was able to form, you no, know, what we call now Pro Ecclesia Santa. Right, right. Integrated by consecrated people and lay people. Right. Both. So <clears throat> your order began in Peru, but obviously you didn't just stay in Peru. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. It is amazing. Um, the same, Father Menor says in his diary, in his biography, that this was like a carpet that he was no, rolling up. Okay. And as, as soon as you were continuing rolling up, and you will discover new and new things coming up. Mm-hmm. You know? Now we are at least in six countries. Right. 
Yeah, right. This country. I believe if I remember Spain. Spain? No. Uh, Ecuador, Uruguay, here in America. Um, Italy. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <clears throat> uh, is, is America the most recent? No. The most recent is Rome. Oh, okay. No, Italy. Okay. Uh -huh. So you decided to finally break the big, the, crack the big nut over there and get to Rome. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you've been able to do that. And in the U.S., you started in California, if I remember That's right. Right. So yep. did you spend time in California? I think you did, didn't you, Brother Brian? Uh, I was raised in California. Okay. So. All right. That's, so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and th is this where you met Father Carlos? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's okay. correct. Yep. Uh, so we started in 2005, August. Father Humberto, Palomino, and myself, we came from Peru. Mm -hmm. We are the pioneers. Okay. <laughs> you know, and we, I spent uh, 14 years in, in California, two years and a half in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. Then after that time, I came back to California to open a school and a formation house, and then I am here in Sioux Falls. So for a guy who grew up in Peru— Mm -hmm. and lived in California, you must be very miserable today. Because it's like below zero as yeah, we're recording, yeah. and it's miserable for us, and we live here all the time. <laughs> yeah, as I said last Sunday in, in the Mass in Mitchell, uh, we came here to enjoy the weather. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Come on now. <laughs> it's a great place. It's just very cold in the winter yeah. sometimes. Very windy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the wind has been terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. we got a taste before. I was in St. Paul. He was in St. Paul right. also for a year, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it can be just as cold there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Here it's more windy. Yes. That's, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so can you explain how you guys ended up here? Because this didn't happen by accident. Oh, no, not, no. nothing happens by accident, right. by chance. <laughs> no, we don't believe in chance. We believe in the providence. Right. And life is like a big chain with many links. Mm -hmm. you know? And year after year, you see how those links connect. Mm -hmm. And then you can see clearly God's plan for you and for your, for your community and for your country as well. Right, you know? right. So if we need to come back to the beginning, we need to come back maybe to California. You know? Right. It's when we open the first foundation in America. From that, we moved to St. Paul mm -hmm. because we met uh, years before... Um, Monsignor Callahan, maybe okay. you're familiar with him. Mm -hmm. I've heard of yeah. him. He was in Rome at that time. We sent two or three brothers to study in Rome at that time. They met him. After years, they lost that connection. They got an invitation for an ordination in St. Paul. Okay. No, one of our priests in California went to that ordination. Then they met Archbishop Neinstedt in that moment. Uh, and all that connection right. got, got together. And we ended up uh, opening... Uh, Foundation in St. Paul in 2009. Okay. No? And, of course, Bishop DeGrood, who was then Father DeGrood, that's correct. Uh, met many people from your order then. Yep. And that's we how he was exposed to you. We met him when he was um, the pastor of St. John the Baptist. Right. Yep. Right. The sisters and the um, priests in, in, in St. Paul, they met him. Uh, finally, he ended up becoming a mm -hmm. bishop. And you must have made a good impression because because <laughs> yeah. he invited you to come here. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you meet him in Minneapolis or? Uh, no, I couldn't. Okay. I, I was working at San John Vianney Seminary. Okay. I met many priests, but honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't very memorable if you did meet him, huh? <laughs> of course. 
I think you must not have met him then because he seems pretty memorable oh, most yeah, of the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad you ended up here. Um, okay, so if you wouldn't mind, if both of you would tell us a little bit about yourselves, since Father Carlos has gotten to talk quite a bit yet, <laughs> I'll have Father or Brother. I'm probably going to do that a lot. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'll also have Brother Brian. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, if you would, please. Yeah, so I was I was born in Mexico, mm-hmm. um, in the state of Jalisco, and then at the age of eight, as a family, we moved to California. Okay. Uh, I was I was always we were raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. We we're practicing Catholic since a young age, and I would go to a mass every Sunday, just uh, practicing Catholic. Right. And then when I was about thirteen years old, um, I was diagnosed with a. That had back problems. Okay. It's like a generational thing. Sure. My dad had it. My grandpa had it. And I was told that if I were to grow up to be an adult, I wouldn't be able to walk again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But they didn't know what I had. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that um, I was invited to a healing mass where okay. the priest would come after mass with the monstrance. Mm-hmm. And while he was coming by my bench, I reached. I don't know why. I decided to reach over to his back. He turns around and covers me with the humeral veil as he was holding the monstrance in front of me. Wow. And at that moment, I just closed my eyes. Um, I didn't feel anything for those 30 seconds. When I woke up, my mom was crying, and she goes up to the priest, and she asks him, what, why did you cover my son? And she told him, because God just healed him from his back. And he didn't know, he didn't know you? This priest was from another country. We, oh, my goodness. <laughs> we didn't know this priest. <laughs> and yeah, a, a few weeks passed, and my mom saw my back, uh, and she's like, Brian, is someone hurting you at school? I'm like, no, what's going on? She showed me a picture. I have five scars across my back. And that's when she made the connection that God had healed me. And he decided to leave a strong mark on my back. Because you've never had back surgery. I haven't, no. Wow. And okay, since that's then, incredible. <laughs> yeah. Since then, I haven't had any back problems. Wow. And now I'm an adult. And you know, Yeah, yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. I was not expecting that story, <laughs> Brother Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a story. And yeah. Just God used that. Over the years, I was told, like, I think people would tell me, I see you being a priest. Uh, and I would always deny it. I wanted to have family, have kids. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was invited to um, a retreat my junior year in mm-hmm. high school. And while on the retreat, one of my youth minister gave me a book on discernment. Mm-hmm. And so I started started reading the book, going through it over the next few months. And I got to the chapter where it tells you like the, the requirements to be ordained to priesthood. And one of those is to have all your limbs, right? You can't be oh, right. You can't be disabled. You can't be missing a hand or something. And that's when it clicked that God had healed me so that I can become a priest for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah, when I made that connection, it's just from there, I finally started to accept the call. Sure. And that's when I started to look for, uh, I was actually discerning with the Dawson's in Sacramento mm-hmm. for a few months until I was looking for a special director. And in the process I just I wasn't able to connect very well with certain priests in my sure. diocese. Sure. And that's when I met one of our priests that was mm-hmm. with Father Carlos. Okay. And his Father Mario. And I started meeting with him in spiritual direction. And yeah, over time I just I found out what the religious life was. Right. And I heard my call to that. So why at that point because at somewhere along the way you decided to become a brother rather than a priest. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? So it's actually within PES we're all we're all on the road to become priests. Okay. So, that is yeah. different from what I would expect. <clears throat> okay, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I mean, I'm still di- not discerning. I discern to be a priest, but when I enter, you become a brother. Okay. Because you're still in formation okay. on the road to the priesthood. Yeah. That that explains. So uh, in a diocesan world, you're like a seminarian, mm-hmm. maybe like a deacon, mm-hmm. uh, transitional deacon. Would mm-hmm. that kind of be a similar uh, position-ish, mm-hmm. sort of? 
formation process. Yeah. Okay. So somewhere like a, it's just like a seminarian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I just, we just have three extra years on top of the seminary oh. as, because you have to have for, human formation Sure. at the beginning That's of good. our religious life. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, how, how long before you will become a priest ish? Cause you probably don't know that for sure. I assume. Yeah. Probably like, it would be Father Carlos. <laughs> I would say it depends really. No, it depends yeah. on yeah. the necessities of the community. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Sometimes you are sent to work full time immersed, for example, in communications or another office position. Right. But usually now it's uh, between 10 or 11 years. Okay. From the beginning. Okay. That's how long it takes. Sure. Like wow. from, from now on, I'm probably looking at like seven years okay. at the least. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good though, because good formation is important <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for our priests. So it'll make your life a whole lot easier mm-hmm. later from what I understand. Oh, yeah. So that's good. That's good. Uh, if you just joined us, I am talking to Father Carlos and Brother Brian with Pro Ecclesia Sancta. Um, we just heard Brother Brian's story. Is there any more to the story? How many brothers and sisters oh. do you have? I have a younger sister, uh, 17, and then a brother of 12. Okay. So and you're I, the oldest. Yeah. I'm the oldest of three, and actually my younger sister is discerning as well. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, that seems just, to happen a lot in families. Yeah, it kind of, yeah. it leeches over to everybody yeah. else, which is a yeah, good yeah. thing. <laughs> All right. So, Father Carlos, can you tell us your story? <laughs> well, let me try to make it short. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's quite Father Carlos is a little bit older than Brother Brian, yeah, so bit, it might a be a longer bit. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's quite different from him because nobody in my family expect um, for me to become a priest. Sure. Maybe just my grandma. She was praying for for a, a son or for a grandson to become a priest. Okay. One of my uncles, he joined a seminary in Peru, but he stayed only a couple of years, I think. Sure. And I think that she she had a great influence in in my vocation mm-hmm. because uh, the night when I was asked to call my family to announce my diaconate ordination. Yeah. Uh, I asked my superior, Father, what, what is the date? No, So I can tell them um, to come for the ordination. And he said to me, March 19. Yeah, oh, the, the feast day of St. Joseph. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then I called my family. I called my mom. And she began to cry because, you know, hey, what's going on? You must be joyful, I said. No? And then she told me a tradition that uh, it was in the family that I didn't know. That every male, every you know, son should be married on the Feast of St. Joseph, according to my grandmas. Oh, wow. Yeah, March 19. Okay. You know, I said, oh, wow, well, this is significant because also I was ordained, consecrated mm-hmm. as a deacon on March 19. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? Then I thought, oh, maybe grandma. She was, you know, the one who interceded for me from mm-hmm. heaven for me to be now here. Because I remember a couple of times she tried to take me to Mass on Sundays. But you know what, Mass? 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's just torture. <laughs> yeah, no. Especially uh, when you're young. You're like, I mean, I was, I no. was <laughs> seven, eight years oh, old. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, no, on a Sunday, said, no, no way. No, but she, I remember, I, I, she was fasting from the day before, from Saturday evening. She dressed with a veil, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes all black. Mm-hmm. She received communion uh, and being kneeled. Mm-hmm. She stayed there, you know. And I thought, I was a little kid. I said, oh, this is too much. She's a fanatic. (laughs) But then after many years, I understood Mm -hmm. what she was doing and for whom she was doing. Right, right. Uh, So how long have you been a priest? 
2004, 17 years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not as long as I thought, <laughs> but that might be because of the number of years of formation because that's, that's always been that way, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am a, how can I say, a late vocation. Okay. He entered when you were 18. 18. I entered when I was 27. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's okay too, though, because you get some um, regular life, I guess, regular life. I put that in quotes. Mm -hmm. yeah. experience, More experience that, that, yeah. that helps you, I think, in your priesthood too. Because mm -hmm. there's all kinds of different priests that are, that came into the priesthood later and early, and then everybody needs different things. So. Yeah, we call um, that uh, typical and atypical. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's a great way That's to put great. it. More eloquent than me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I want to make sure we can talk about what you guys are doing here. So I want to go to that first. Um, so first, how did you guys feel when you found out you were going to be coming to South Dakota? And to Sioux Falls. Um, cold. Cold. <laughs> because so, then you were in California, weren't you? Yeah, I was yeah. running to parishes in California before yeah. I was assigned here. Uh -huh. And he knew that he was coming soon here, but I think you expect to come to St. Paul, right? No. Uh, I mean, I was I was told that they were looking at a house and uh, looking mm -hmm. at going to the diocese of Sioux Falls, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't think I would be chosen because I was in a class of 10. Oh, okay. So Lucky my you. possibilities were... <laughs> Very small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys came here last summer. What have you been doing so far? I mean, I because I know I haven't met you until today. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't really been been uh, updated on all of your activities. Yeah, our ministries are um, kind of different here in Sioux Falls mm -hmm. because we open a formation house. Right. No, which is meant <laughs> for formation. Right. We have two levels of formation: uh, postulants and novices. Okay. No. Brother Brian and Brother Johannes, who is in Spain right now, finishing his visa process. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he will come in a month. No, they are novices. Right. Uh, they are in the second and a half year of formation. Okay. But we got two twins brothers from California. <laughs> you know? right. Yep. And they just joined the community four months ago. Okay. Yeah. They are oh, having wow. a shock with that <laughs> weather. <laughs> I bet they are. They're like, yeah. why did I come here? Yeah. <laughs> no, really, they, they like it right now. Good. And so I am in charge of that formation. Okay. You know, uh, in the house and also being the local superior for Proclesia Santa. Okay. Meantime, also we minister, especially the novices, the campus ministry in Ogorman, right. junior high and high school. On the, on the weekends, at least twice a month, we support uh, the parishes we have uh, in Mitchell. Right. Holy Spirit and Holy Family mm -hmm. with Father Cesar and Father Yamaru. Mm -hmm. And also we have visited some parishes Nearby. Oh, good. St. Michael's and Catherine... Catherine Drexel. Drexel. Catherine Drexel. I haven't seen you at my parish yet. Oh. At Holy Spirit. We went. Uh, we went you? for the men's group. <clears throat> oh, for the men's group. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was a very nice time. Yes. 6, 6.30 a.m. Yes. On a, on a Friday. Yeah. Well, besides <laughs> the time, it's a men's group, so I definitely wouldn't have yeah. been there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was a, a nice uh, experience. Good. Uh, maybe 40 or more than 40 men. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was impressed by that. Mm -hmm. You know, getting together for formation. Yes. On a Friday morning. <laughs> that, yeah. Wow. I know. Not really. They have a very active men's group. Uh, and I know some other parishes do too. So that's, that's yeah, been a really same. good thing. Next blessing. day we went to Catherine Drexel. The yep. same. 6.30 a.m. Yep. <laughs> yep. You got to get it done before yeah. work, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, really. <laughs> yeah. But things I haven't seen 
uh, in California, sadly. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it. I'm glad you're seeing it here because mm -hmm. uh, I know that our we have a really good active diocese. So also, I'm impressed by the number of young couples and families. Yeah. With more than two or three kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. something that I saw first in St. Paul. Mm -hmm. But again, I come from California. Mm -hmm. Right. It's quite different. Right. That is very, very yeah. true. Um, what kind of things will you be doing here going forward? I know you're you're very active at O'Gorman. Mm -hmm. What kind of things are you doing there? So at O'Gorman, we form part of the campus ministry team that's, always, that's already been there for mm -hmm. the past few years. So at the high school, Father Andy, the chaplain, mm -hmm. and then there's Brian and... Uh, Nolan, so they they're already they've been in charge of campus ministry for a few years mm -hmm. now. We've only recently come in, and we've kind of starting to find our uh, kind of what, what we're helping at the school. Okay. Um, also we, with the sisters. Oh yeah, right, the, that's right. Because you kind of work together in some of that stuff, mm -hmm. don't you? Which has got to be really uh, good for the kids to see. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's good to have true. you guys it's around young, there. Young people. I mean, yeah. uh, religious women and men. Right. It's very good. Mm -hmm. So before we run out of time, I want to make sure that people know um, if if someone, if a young person or a 27-year-old <laughs> is interested in in what you guys do at Pro Ecclesia Sancta, uh, interested in the order, they can check that out because one of the sisters is from Iowa. Yep. So this is not a, um, I don't want people to mistake because you came from Peru that, that like it's closed off somehow to everyone because it is not, it's open yeah. to anyone who is interested might want to look at um, becoming part of Pro Ecclesia Sancta mm -hmm. can do that. Um, that's right. Yeah. We have two priests from Minnesota. Yeah. From St. Paul. Yeah. Yep. So how would they do that? Would they reach out to you by email? Phone? You can how would call they do by that? phone, by email. No? Okay. Yeah, but brother has the information about that. We can give it to you or post yep. in the Yep, we can put it in, in the description the on YouTube, yes. Uh -huh. um, and I believe, I think we have a link on our website to Pro Ecclesia Sancta, maybe, maybe not. Yep. If you if you Google them, I know you can find them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you Santa probably that, don't even that, have to spell it right. <laughs> yeah. ProEcclesiaSanta.org. .org, okay. Yep. You can find the uh, foundations we have in America, mm -hmm. Sacramento, California, St. Paul, and now it's your folks. Good, good. So mm -hmm. then that way, if they're interested, they can find you there. Um, there was something else I was going to ask you, and I don't remember what it was now. So <laughs> mm -hmm. we are out of time anyway. Um, thank you guys so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm really glad you're here because we need good religious young people here from with new experiences who can get into those schools and really mm -hmm. uh, give something for our young people to see and relate to. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad you're here. Yeah, just a final words. I want to express our gratitude good. towards Bishop the group, of course, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but also the ecclesial family we found here you know, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. After 10 days so being here, I got COVID. You know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, being exposed all that time, yep. all, the, all the pandemic in California, uh, nothing happens. <laughs> Came to the safest <laughs> state in the, in the country. <laughs> yeah, so God has his ways. And from that moment, I felt, and really we received the support Good. from priests, brothers, uh, the Carmelites in Alexandria, families praying for us from Mitchell. I mean, uh, yeah, we are overwhelmed. That's and great. thank you so much for that. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here. All right. Thank God bless you. All right. If you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course at YouTube. If you want to watch this uh, and video instead of just hearing it on radio, you can see Father Carlos and Brother Brian. 
and see what they look like. So you can find us at SF Diocese at any of those places. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Oh, 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 oh,